The 53 is back. We are in our season number three here, breaking down some fantasy football for you guys, getting ahead of our mock drafts, getting ahead of the season that is in front of us, the 2022 NFL season. Once again, the 53 is a podcast dedicated to helping you out win your fantasy football leagues. Today, we're going to be breaking down some must-have players that myself and Jason have put together and some players to avoid. It might be uh, personal vendettas against those players, or maybe they're just too high on those rankings right now, but we'll break it down for you. Uh, Jason, there has been some crazy news that just dropped today. So before we get into our must-haves, I want to get your opinion on the massive deal that DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks just signed. What's that look like? Man, it is wild. So we all know that all these other receivers are getting uh, paid this offseason, so it's only a matter of time. DK was going into his last year of his rookie deal due to make $3.9 million, and he signs a three-year, $72 million deal to stay with the Seahawks. That includes a $30 million signing bonus, which is the highest ever for a receiver, and just shy of $60 million, and he's set to become a free agent again when he's 27. crazy thing to me, Jason, is – Free agent again at 27 after signing your second deal means at the peak of his athletic career, he can sign with a contender after this. It's a very smart move by DK to not sign a massive deal, uh, a long-term deal with the Seahawks and be available to to join a team at, at the height of his career. It really reminds me of what Des Bryant was trying to do and, and didn't end up working. But if you remember, Des signed his third contract with the Cowboys when he was young, I mean, he was he was 30 after mm-hmm. his third contract was up. And, and DK is kind of setting himself up for that, which is pretty cool. So locking in a guy, not only producing on the field, but in your fantasy lineups as well. That's right. And DK Metcalf is not featured in our must-haves or players to avoid. He's, he's just kind of sitting on his own there. But we are going to get into must-haves, and, and I'll dive right in. So this is the 53. We like to do things in bunches. So we have five for the each of us of players we would must have on our drafts and five to avoid. And then we'll, we'll hit you with some three at the end with exciting rookie drafts. So let's get into my first one must have. This is a, a personal favorite of mine, but DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions last year played only 10 games. So his stats don't stack up to the 2021 stats that we saw from Jonathan Taylor or this and that. But what we did get out of him out of those 10 games five of them he posted over 20 points and that's kind of the metric to me of somebody who's playing over their adp somebody who's playing over their projected each week and he's hitting that on a 50 percent clip i love to see it he's also averaged 6.7 targets per game in a pretty pass heavy offense for the detroit lions of course they're passing they're down a lot they're actually the the number one paid offense in the nfl i don't know if you know that, Jason, pretty crazy that uh, so much money is invested in this offense and it's going to produce. If DeAndre Swift stays healthy, he's the guy I want on my team at, at, at running back eight. I think there's a ton of value there. The ceiling is so high. And, and you know what? I think he, he really is a top five potential. I think he's a steal at eight. I honestly think he could tickle with the number one running back this year, uh, again, if healthy. Yeah, I think he uh, has a great volume potential there, even with Jamal Williams. I wouldn't be afraid of that if I was drafting him. So that's uh, some great points. I'm going to stay in the division. And my number one, I've been known to push the line a little bit. So I have uh, a shout-out to both the uh, backs in Green Bay. I've got Aaron Jones and 
AJ Dillon on my list, uh, respectively projected to be RB9 and RB25 this year. Great value, I think, for both picks. I know first rounder is hard to say great value, but you know they're lacking uh, wide receiver depth and have tons of vacated targets. Obviously, that's the, uh, the hot phrase being used right now in our pre-fantasy football season. Uh, Adams alone accounted for 169 targets, and that's something where we already know it's a very running back-focused offense. They use a lot of screens. Um, we focused our strategies and research here on a PPR basis. Um, so that's exactly what's got me going. Jones finished last year's RB11 with under 800 yards and four touchdowns. So the two of them played very well off each other because Dylan was an RB23 and he rushed for five touchdowns with about 100 yards as well. So they are able to complement each other well. They have shown that they can do this and not a whole lot's going to be changing uh, in this scheme. So that's my, my number one A, one B for my must-haves. Yeah, you like to push the boundaries when we want five guys and you're going to have 10 because you're dual backing every single one. Well, I don't have that here, but I, have a guy, trying, I got a guy who has two last names, if that counts. So I'm looking at a wide receiver new to the Kansas City Chiefs, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs is a very appetizing offense to, to draft anybody for fantasy football, of course. Uh, but when you look at the wide receiver position, I mean, vacated targets, hello. It's not just Tyreek Hill's 159 vacated targets, but Brian Pringle, Daryl Williams, the running back, uh, Denard Robinson. That's over 300 vacated targets, Jason. And they're only filling it with Juju Smith-Schuster, a rookie in Sky Moore, and Marquez Valdez-Scanling. I'm seeing a lot of target shares going to Juju's way. I'm convinced Mahomes is going to be more of a threat with a big body inside receiver that Juju Smith is. I do think they made this as a strategic advantage, moving away from Tyreek Hill, getting those assets, but also getting a guy who can move the ball down the field and have long sustained drives. Kansas City Chiefs led the league in plays per possession. So they're a team that likes to march the ball down the field, but they're known for their big, high-scoring 70-yard touchdowns. But that's not how they win games. Juju Smith is going to be the guy to move the chains and, and, and make things happen. And I think everybody likes to go back to his sophomore year and see the 1,500 yards that he put up with Big Ben in his prime. But let's just go back two years. His first healthy year uh, that we've seen on record lately, that was 97 catches, 891 yards, and nine touchdowns. That's good. He's, he's being looked at at wide receiver 29. Those are wide receiver 19 high high teens numbers i mean that's what dk metcalf produced last year as a top 15 wide receiver and that's something i would love to jump on uh again if healthy and mahomes is your quarterback count me in yeah if those numbers don't get you excited i don't know what will especially at that value so my number two i'm going to stick with the running back conversation here and i'm gonna go to the rams cam Akers, projected to be running back 18 so everyone kind of wrote him off because he was hurt last year but don't forget, in 2020, when he was last healthy, he had an 81% touch volume, which ensured over 20 touches per game. And if that's not enough, you think about last year, he had limited touches. However, 95% of his rushing yards in 2021 came after contact, netting him number one in the NFL. So you're missing Andrew Whitworth. You've got some questions on the offensive line. This guy has proven statistically that he can do it by himself. Um, the other part of it, too, it, uh, I'm excited about him because – Henderson took the load. They traded for Sony Michelle last year, who was no longer with the team. Henderson proved he's nothing more than maybe a handcuff. And in our this generation, handcuffs seem to be going away. So uh, I think you should be able to get good value for cheap here, um, more focused on our 
auction draft than an ADP. I think you uh, have a lot of guys that will be sleeping on him just because injury and the Rams, uh, that type of thing. So uh, I think he will at least meet RB18, which will be a steal. I love it. I, I think there's good value there in Cam as well. Well, I am a sucker, Jason, for players who move in free agency, as you've seen from my Juju pick. Mm-hmm. But my next one is is another one, and he was the big budget one who was like the first free agent hit, and everyone was shocked. There was some sticker shock with how much he was paid. But Christian Kirk is right now being valued at wide receiver 40. Yes, I know he's playing with the Jaguars, but the Jaguars got a good thrower of the football on the team, okay? Trevor Lawrence is going to be able to get this guy the ball. He finished at wide receiver 26 last year. And without the focus on him in the offense, you know, DeAndre Hopkins ended up going out and he was averaging 13.6 points a game with DeAndre Hopkins out. That shows that he can be a number one in, in any offense. And he operates through the slot, which I know positionally doesn't really matter in fantasy football. But what it does do is give Trevor Lawrence that comfort zone target to go to. He was very successful with the slot receivers in college, and I see that happening again here with Christian Kirk. If wide receiver 40 maintains through the summer and into your drafts, this is a hell of a steal, somebody who can definitely go over 1,000 yards. Touchdown is definitely a question mark, but he's definitely going to get his targets for the Jaguars. Yeah, I see his value going up, up, and up. The uh, slot receiver is now the quarterback's best friend more than the tight end these days in this league. So uh, my number three, I say that to say, I'm actually taking a tight end at my number three, and we're talking about Dawson Knox in Buffalo. He finished last year at a tight end 11, which is wild considering he came on late with all those uh, with all those touchdowns. He totaled the season on 71 targets, 49 receptions, just under 600 yards, and nine touchdowns. So not only is that cool, and he's got another year with the quarterback, he's got a new pass-friendly offensive coordinator. They are actually missing two wide receivers totaling 184 targets, being Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders from last year and Dawson by the end of the year became Allen's favorite target. So I think this is a guy projected to hit tight end 13, which is two positions lower than his season end finish last year. I think you got some real value in the boomer bust potential here. And I think he's got a good chance of anybody to finish in the top 10 of your tight end class this year. I like it. Tight ends in the most halves. Good to see. Oh yeah, baby. Big but tight end pod. Another trend I like to jump on uh, along with the free agency stuff is is players that were hurt in the season before because I think they get overlooked when rankings come out because their stats are compared to players who played a full 17-game season. And the guy who sticks out to me, and it's not because I'm a homer, Jason, he sticks out to me because he's wide receiver 33 and he finished at wide receiver 28 last year with only playing 12-ish games. And that's Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, dude, in 12 games, scored 10 touchdowns. He has proven with the three years behind Kirk Cousins to be the red zone guy. He's proven to be reliable. And across from Justin Jefferson, he is not losing targets to Justin Jefferson. He's actually gaining opportunity with Jefferson on his team and and is more impactful for your fantasy team. So wide receiver 33 in a new offense is going to be more explosive on offense, offensive coach, equals more production. So Kirk is going to go to him in the red zone, and I'm expecting double-digit touchdowns once again for Adam Thielen. As you should. I'm going to take my number four, and I'm going to stick with the running back class again. Uh, It's my third set of running backs now. It's going to be RB6, which is kind of wild to me. Najee Harris, Pittsburgh Steelers running back, second-year guy. It's wild to me because 
he finished last year as RB3. He had a league-leading 381 touches, and there was no slowing him down. The quarterback was not mobile. There was not a lot of diversity in their scheme. So, I mean, he finished with over 1,200 yards. He had 74 catches and 10 touchdowns as a rookie. So he's not going to be slowing down there, and he's one of the last true bell cows. You think about who the, the running backs are above him. You've got a couple of guys that are locks, okay? You've got Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler in a PPR. Delvin Cook is great. Uh, but you've got Christian McCaffrey coming off injury. you got Derrick Henry had an iffy year because of injury, tried to come back. But you just never know quite how that's going to work. Uh, other guys that are in the, the area of him are Joe Mixon, injury prone, and then your DeAndre Swift. So I think he's got a real chance, not only at the title for top running back, but I would feel comfortable taking him if you're going to ADP him, top three or four picks. Uh, RB6 feels like a steal, even though there's not a whole lot of room there. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there. As the 53 continues to progress into mock draft season and we do our own rankings, I, I'm hard-pressed to believe that Najee Harris isn't in, in the elite tier, at least top three, potentially my number one guy that I'd be looking to draft at the running back position. So interesting to see that he's like dropping to six. I guess there is the, the quarterback change, but uh, I'm, I'm loving me some Najee Harris after what we've seen in year one. I'm going to take a running back here at, at my fifth spot, and I'm looking at another guy who, who didn't play a full slate of games last year, and that's Elijah Mitchell of the San Francisco 49ers. He played 10 games last year, finished at running back 26. He is not much of a pass catcher, uh, but that could change with Trey Lance coming in at quarterback. He's being valued at running back 24, which is you know maybe your flex spot if, if you're late in drafts and didn't pick up guys potentially your RB2. But if he's your third running back on your team, you got to be happy with it. I mean, he's he had four 20-point performances in 2021. So 40% of his games, he's going over that explosive metric that I look at. And you know what? Some of the dangerous players that were taking carries away from him are gone now. Somebody like Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon didn't become the player who we thought he was, and I don't think he is going to be. And I think that's a, a huge reason to why Elijah Mitchell is kind of my guy to go to. 49ers will continue to run the ball. Debo Samuel is a complement to the run game and not a detriment. Again, you, you get a slight downfall uh, with the catches, but he'll make up for that in, in a lot of touches in the run game. And San Francisco 49ers know how to move the ball on the ground. Uh, I'm really liking Elijah Mitchell at running back 24. Same here. So, did you know that DJ Moore had 163 targets last season? Dang. Did really? you know that? That's a lot. Because that's something I had to double check, and he was on my fantasy team. So, last year, he had 163 targets, 93 catches, uh, 1,157 yards, but only four touchdowns. I think that's where a lot of people fell off there. That was good for wide receiver 18 last year. Now, we don't talk a ton of football in here. We try to stick to the stats, but you got can't forget – he is getting Christian McCaffrey back. Some will say, yes, that's taking away targets. However, I'm a believer in that will add to the quality of targets. My last thing for him is I don't see why he won't sustain that mid-teens level for wide receiver rankings. But the biggest factor is Baker Mayfield is probably going to be their starting quarterback. He outthrew Darnold last year 2-1 to one in touchdowns. Um, I think Baker had 17 touchdowns, 13 picks, to Darnold's 9 touchdowns, 13 picks. So, there goes uh, potentially answering that four touchdown. Don't want to call it a dud, but it's not the sexiest thing for a guy that you're drafting as your high wide receiver too. Yeah, I mean, I like DJ Moore and where he's at. I, I It's crazy to think that Baker Mayfield is a plus up compared to another quarterback. But I think the, the, <laughs> the breath of fresh air there, DJ Moore has proven to be dominant receiver regardless of who's throwing him the ball. 
and at wide receiver 15, I think you can buy that and be happy. Well, Jason, I think we're changing our tone of voice here a little bit. We're talking about the guys that we loved, but now we're going to talk about the players that we're avoiding. And again, this could be personal vendetta, which for me, it's a couple of those guys. Same here. Uh, and some of it is just, you know, a scheme change. Maybe we're, we're seeing the end of their dominance. Maybe they're just being valued way too high because they have a big name. So we can get into it right away, and I'll let you go first with your number one. Start off with my number one saying, oops, I did it again. So I'm taking both running backs in Dallas there. So you've got Zeke and Tony Pollard, RB16 and 31, respectively. Zeke's on a downturn. I think we have more questions or answers here. As a team, the Cowboys have been back-to-back playoffs since 2006-2007. So keep that in mind. They made the playoffs last year. I don't see Zeke's going to hit his 22 touches per game average. Uh, especially because they have come out and announced they're trying to get Pollard more involved in the game. I think that hurts them both. There are some who say that Tony Pollard's worth a high-end third running back, which at 31, that's fair, but it's going to be very game plan dependent. I don't think it's something you can count on consistently week in and week out, and that's what I want out of those two sets of values on my 16 and my 31. I want a guy that I know is going to get me at least 10, 12 points a game, and I don't think they're going to be able to provide that consistently. Yeah, especially with Pollard at 31, we're talking about handcuffs. And that second RB to a big RB used to be a handcuff play. And now it's like, can we play both these guys or play one of them in my flex? And that scares me, mm-hmm. right? And and I feel that. Mm-hmm. But I'll get into more of my running backs uh, a little bit later. I'm going to start with a guy who is the personal vendetta of mine. I guess that's my keyword today. And we did talk about vacated targets, but this guy isn't going to get the targets that were vacated. And I'm talking about me, Cole Hardman of the Kansas city chiefs. He is wide receiver 64, which I think is, is warranted just from what we've seen. He, he doesn't have the output fantasy wise that we, that we need. And if you're sitting at drafts, seeing him at 64 and thinking, Oh, he could be the next big play guy. That's just simply not the case. Marquez Valdez scaling has proved to be a big play guy when he was playing with Aaron Rodgers, And that's who they're going to go to. And I think Nicole Hardman is going to be forgot about. So the two players that they brought in with Juju and MVS make me think that Nicole Hardman is fool's gold at 64. So please stay away from him in your upcoming drafts. Um, I've got another stay away guy at wide receiver currently ranked at wide receiver 43, but I think that's going to drop more as our rankings get updated with the signing of Julio Jones. That is Russell Gage. Now, I was excited about him because a lot of people are saying he's going to fill the role of AB as that slot guy. Tom Brady loves his slot guys. But between Julio getting signed this week and Godwin getting cleared to practice, this is an easy stay-away guy. I think outside of Evans and Godwin here, the uh, wide receiver three and four will be strictly on a day-to-day performance-based rotation. So I would not get excited about a wide receiver three in Tampa. Kind of with you there. And obviously the Julio Jones signing makes it even more difficult, but I'm, I'm going to actually take a quarterback on my second one, Jason. And I usually don't recommend uh, any quarterback picks for fantasy, just because I think quarterbacks are so high valued in fantasy. Now you can really take the bunch of them and be okay. I mean, mm-hmm. even, even the 13th, 14th, 15th quarterback last year could have won you a fantasy league. I mean, you're looking at a, a Derek Carr, you're looking at uh, a Kirk cousins, like those guys play well enough to win. But what I'm hoping to avoid here is staying away from the high value number that Kyler Murray brings to the table. He is being valued at quarterback five, which is very warranted. But the the scary part is he could very much fall off, especially within the first six weeks of the season when DeAndre Hopkins will not be playing. He has to get comfortable with 
uh, Hollywood Brown, their new wide receiver there. And he was probably the least consistent quarterback of that upper echelon last year where he would have dud games of 12 or less points. That's something that I want to avoid in a position that you can be consistent with at the higher ends, the top fives. So let's avoid him. The, the high value quarterback is just not the move this year in fantasy football because you can get so much more valuable picks at 10 to 15 in play with that route and save your your higher draft picks or your your more money for for players in the wide receivers or running back categories. I think we're both locked in on that sentiment. I'm 100% with you on that. So I'm going to take another running back. I'm really open now. Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs projected to be RB22. Last year, he finished RB13. So you say, Jason, why is that you're so low on him? Because he smashed all his career highs in receiving categories last year, despite having Kenyon Drake and Jalen Richard. Crazy, right? Especially because we're talking PPR here. Well, those targets can go down because Kenyon Drake will be healthy, and you've got the addition of Devontae Adams. He is not only a target hog, but also eats up all the targets in the red zone. So you're going to be relying on Josh Jacobs to vulture touchdowns as opposed to command them. Lastly, and I think even more importantly, their new head coach, Josh McDaniel, is one with a track record for destroying fantasy backfields with the multiple backs, the game plan specific, et cetera, et cetera. So you have three very different style running backs there, and I think it's going to be very situational heavy. I think Josh Jacobs is going to be relegated to a first and second down back only. Yeah, I feel you there. And I'm talking about a running back uh, in the similar spot at him at running back 27. So a little less valued than what Jacobs is. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire, when he first was drafted, was, oh, my God, how did the Chiefs get Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Remember that? It's like, how did they get him at yeah. the end of the first round? How did we let such an explosive player go to an explosive offense? Well, I don't the think it's messed up. Right? I don't think it's played out the way that they wanted to. He's just another miss on that team. And it's proven with what they did in the offseason. So Williams has gone out of the backfield, but they replaced him with veteran running back Ronald Jones, who was on the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And is a dominant running back. Straight up, he's going to be the one to carry the ball for them on the short yardage plays. And then what we saw in the playoffs, Jason, is Jarek McKinnon came in and really was the enforcer. McKinnon was catching balls. He had seven catches their last game against the Bengals. And I think he's going to prove himself to be more of an asset in the running and passing game for the Chiefs. So this is a three-headed monster once again with a layer going to be losing targets to Ronald Jones. McKinnon in the passing game. I just think the the running backs in the territory of Clyde Edwards-Alaire are much more valuable. That's Damian Harris, who scored 15 touchdowns last year. Elijah Mitchell, who's going to be the RB1 in San Fran. And Kareem Hunt. I mean, Kareem Hunt is potential to be a big player, depending on what Chubb looks like or, or the split there in Cleveland. So I would much rather have those three guys around this same space than someone who is is splitting probably a third of, of the work in the backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs. Great points. I think just put together now as I'm getting ready to project my fourth must avoid. I'm probably going to sleep with some extra protection beside my bedside tonight for fear of a mob from Arlington, Texas coming up. Yeah. Now I'm going after the Cowboys wide receiver one. Um, C.D. Lamb is projected to be wide receiver six this year. Now I can see why the logic of all these vacated targets, no Cooper, he's going to be the man. Got it. He's talented. Last year, he finished at wide receiver 19, one nine. Okay, so you're expecting a 13-spot rise without proof of that. And he had consistently dropping a ball all last year uh, because Pollard's going to be more involved in the pass game. They want to actually use him in the slot as well. 
So he's going to have to learn to beat a double team. I don't trust McCarthy. And I think that a lot of people are projecting this to be similar to that of the rise of Jefferson, who had Adam Thielen alongside him last season when he really exploded. However, CD's going to have to do it by himself. And it's a totally different ballgame. Wide receiver six is pretty high when you're looking at a Mike Evans right below that. It's hard for me to buy on that as well. Well, I'm going to a wide receiver, but somebody uh, a little later in drafts and somebody who popped off in the playoffs, and that's Gabriel Davis is playing on probably the most pass-happy offense that we've seen in recent times, and that would get you excited, but I'm telling you some reasons here why wide receiver 35 for Gabriel Davis is just not the move. Uh, He only had 35 receptions last year, Jason, and I know Mm -hmm. people are saying, well, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Well, Cole Beasley is gone. Well, they replaced that with Jamison Crowder, who has proved to carry a workload of 100 catches with the Woolly Jets. And now he's going to be coming healthy for the first time in two years. Crowder is going to be the guy that I would rather have than Gabriel Davis. So I don't want the four-touchdown game to shroud your judgment on Gabriel Davis really jumping up the boards at wide receiver 35 here. I think there's more value at that position uh, within that that isn't Gabriel Davis and I just don't see the ball going to him much more than the 63 targets than he had last year great point I want to tell our viewers don't be that guy don't be the guy that's cool <laughs> I got the guy that finished off there because you just come to the curse of recency bias you're smart anyway I'm going to go back to my running backs and I'm going to do it again I'm going to do it again this is the third time I'm oh taking boy. a running back tandem doubt in Denver oops I did it again we're talking Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Last year, respectively, they finished RB17 and RB18. I have not seen that happen probably ever. Um, and then we also had a wide receiver tandem do that as well. Uh, more on that later. Um, the issue that I have here is that Javante Williams finished RB17. Melvin was at 18. They have Javante Williams rising five spots. Now, if I'm going to be smart about it, I'm thinking about touches here. He has – this offense has Russ, okay? So that's you think that would open some things up, but you have Sutton back, first full year healthy. You have Judy coming back off an injury, and they seem to be well, – you think about the Packers have an offense that is running back favorite. That's where the thing comes from. I think you're going to see a volume of targets there, but those are not going to go to Williams as much. I think he's going to be more of the first and second down guy. So you're depending on touchdown vulturing and a, split, a true split backfield. So that's where I'm staying away because of the value of RB12. That is a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. Uh, This is a guy I was hoping to get a first steal as a low-end RB2 this year, and it doesn't seem that the fantasy football gods are bailing him the same way. I feel you there. I think you're you're smart in playing the safe route and going and grabbing guys that you know are going to get the touches. There's there's question marks within the Dallas and within the Denver backfields. Uh, I I, kind of am on the Javante Williams train, not going to lie. Uh, but we'll, we'll see where that takes us. You know what train I'm not on is the split backfield of the Miami Dolphins. Yes, the Miami Dolphins, the, all the talk is on Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and what that means for Waddle's 129 targets or whatever it was. But let's talk about the backfield real quick. Mike McDaniel comes in from the 49ers. We know that they've used multiple running backs in the past. He's going to be emphasizing the run game, but I don't think it's going to be who we think it is in Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds signs a nice deal there, goes over from the Cardinals. He's a he's a good player, not going to lie, but running back 29 when you're sharing a backfield with another free agent move in Sony Michelle, 
the old speedster and Raheem Mostert. And don't forget, Miles Gaskin is still there. So I don't see the the targets adding up in the passing game, or I don't see the touches in the run game for Chase Edmonds to be valued at running back 29, when again, a Kareem Hunt is close to that that range um where where somebody who who can step in and be the primary back and get 20 carries or 20 touches chase edmonds is not going to be that player for the dolphins and i i'm urging you to stay away from that from that kind of three-headed back well four-headed backfield absolutely that has been our must have and must avoids for 2022 we got them jace that's the ones we do have our the three segment where we're taking three players takes options opinions and giving them to you in a more rapid fire succession than we do with our five so the three this week is our rookies who are the three rookies that are standing out in these draft boards currently where they're being ranked and how they can help you win your fantasy leagues Right away, I'm going to take it off the bat with the number one wide receiver drafted off the board, Jason, to the Atlanta Falcons. They go after another pass catcher. They got Kyle Pitts last year. They bring in Drake London from your favorite USC, and he's being valued Mm -hmm. at wide receiver 39. Yeah, I understand that because the quarterback is is a huge question mark with Mariota or Ritter. But there's a potential for a lot of targets here. I think he's a high-volume guy. He had 88 receptions as a junior for the Trojans. And you know what? The keys to success the last two years has been hitting on rookies in your draft. Let's look at him. Jefferson, C.D. Lamb's rookie year, valued low, scored pretty high. And then, of course, Jamar Chase. And those guys were valued probably a little higher than wide receiver 39. But... Let's try and get one of those wide receivers on our team and see what happens. I definitely think Drake London's a guy who could help your team win. 80 catches, potentially 800 yards and a couple touchdowns. That feels good to me. I really like Drake London as one of my rookie picks this year. I'm going to stick with rookie wide receiver as well. I'm going wide receiver 50 projected. Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints. Why I take Olave Yes, I understand you've got Michael Thomas back, who's been a target hog, and you're going to have Kamara out on suspension, so a little bit up and down there. But did you know this? Alave wrapped up his 2021 season in the 96th percentile in separation versus single coverage. He caught seven touchdowns on throws over 20-plus air yards, and that is what the Saints offense has been lacking for a long time. Jameis likes to throw it out deep. I think that is a lot of juice for wide receiver 50, a lot of excitement on potential. And you think about what 50 gets you in a 10-man league, that's the fifth wide receiver on a roster. I think this guy could easily be a sneaky, consistent flex for you. I like Olave, and it kind of gave me your description there, kind of gave me uh, Deshaun Jackson vibes. Like maybe he doesn't do great one week, but your wide receiver five pops off for a 70-yard touchdown and, and you get 14 points on one play. You're like, all right, let's roll um let's go so i i like that pick that's really cool i'm i'm taking a running back here as my second guy and i'm looking at uh the seattle seahawks who are a complete mess especially on offense new quarterback like what is this team gonna be i'm banking on or taking a bet on kenneth walker being the guy who's gonna eventually emerge as the running back one it might not be in week one but it's gonna be week four five seven when Kenneth Walker is going to take that because they're going to lose a couple games in a row and then revert to the rookies and see what they have. So at running back 36, Chris Carson's gone. Quarterback's going to be relying on the on the run game. Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State feels like a guy who can carry the load. He had 200-plus carries 
1,600 yards. I, I think he could be a workhorse for, for the Seahawks, and I'd be happy to draft him at 36. This is exactly what we've been talking about. I love talking about boomer bust potential with our rookies. And, you know, the low-value guys are the guys that can actually make your draft. So with that, I'm going to stick with running back as well. I'm going to not Delvin Cook. His brother, James Cook, got drafted in the second round by Buffalo. And why do I make a point to say second round? Well, I'm not making this pick on pedigree. I'm making this on historical data. He has immediate sleeper fantasy appeal, in my opinion, in PPR formats because of his second round draft capital, his pass catching prowess and explosiveness in the offense and situation. This is playing a lot more, in my opinion, to his floor than his ceiling because we've seen in the past second round running backs have finished in the top 36 running backs more than half the time since 2013. That's 10 seasons going now. That's over half the time a rookie running back has finished in the top 36 and he's projected to be 39. Yeah. I like James Cook, man. I think he, he fits so well in that offense because he's going to be the pass catching guy that I think they've lacked. And Josh Allen's going to be able to rely on a check down rather than him running out of pressure so i think james cook's a fun one i think uh when we're talking auction drafts this is the guy who on paper looks like a dollar guy but it's going to be a 12 to 15 dollar guy because the the name association and the offense that he plays on we're we're going to go to my my third here and i'm going wide receiver so i did two wide receivers and one running back for rookies today i'm looking at the kansas city chiefs again i told you who not to draft i told you who my must have is and I'm telling you kind of my my flyer guy, and that's Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. If you remember a couple of years back, I, I was going to say Chris Davis. It's not Chris Davis, is it? Corey. Corey Davis. That's the guy. Corey Davis came out of Western Michigan, had like 1,500 yards and 19 touchdowns for Western Michigan. Pretty crazy. But Sky Moore did pretty well, too. He had 95 catches, 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns in his last season. And you know what? This is what the fun thing about Sky Moore is, is that you can draft Juju at, at where he's at and get value as a must-have there. And if my must-have doesn't turn out, you can always rely on the quote-unquote handcuff here for wide receivers. Is if I draft Juju, I would love to draft Sky Moore later and see who emerges as kind of the number one threat. Because I think Sky Moore can step in there and be a target hog. So that 300 vacated targets, new, fresh, rookie, going to learn under Mahomes, Andy Reid. I, I love the value at 57. So Sky Moore is a guy that I'm definitely targeting later in drafts. Solid pick there. I'm going to go with the wide receiver as well. Another rookie receiver, Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Tennessee out of Arkansas. Now, it's obvious to say that Tennessee needs pass catchers, right? The, sorry, the Nashville Titans, as we come to call them on this pod. That's right. Um, they have Robert Woods, who's coming off an ACL. But what you didn't know, what you probably didn't know, is that Traylon finished first in his class in yards per route run at 3.57 yards, while also ranking number one in yards per route run when lined up outside 6.08 among all receivers. He's a big dude, big, solid, strong, basically is the prototype copy of A.J. Brown. So you know that he's got a lot of catch and run potential, break a lot of tackles. Um, with that size and speed combo, you expect him to be on the perimeter, but he spent 77% of his career in the slot. So this guy's got the versatility to go wherever they need and eventually grow into that number one in Tennessee. Uh, it only looks better if Robert Woods is still slow coming off the knee for early volume for him. Yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks is just naturally slotted in as my favorite player in the NFL, and I've never seen him take a snap in real-time football. <laughs> He's just the body type that I like. He's playing for a team that I like. He might be the guy, you know, go Razorbacks. 
As the 53 goes on, Jason, we're going to be diving into fantasy football and making your fantasy football draft more successful, leading to more championships for our viewers. That's what we are aiming to do. We're fantasy football enthusiasts. We want to attract a fantasy football enthusiast to come to us. So like and subscribe if you're listening. Follow us on our our YouTube page. Again, my name is Luke, co-host here, Jason. So excited that fantasy's back. Get ready for your drafts, mock drafts coming up, rankings coming up, all to come, Jace. Let's go. Catch you guys next week. Let's get back at it. Football is here, baby. Cheers. Deuces.